Hello, welcome to the Found Sounds podcast. Before we get started with Micah, I just wanted to ask for your support real quickly. There's lots of ways that you can support the podcast and getting the word out about uh, the music these musicians are making. Uh, one way is to like us on our social media pages uh, and share our content there when we release a new episode. Another way is to rate and subscribe on Apple Music. I would love it if you did that. And lastly, I also have a Patreon page if you're interested in helping to support this financially. Uh, I would love for, in the end, to be supporting these artists directly with um, with money from that Patreon page. Um, but we are a little ways off from, from being able to do that. Um, so if, if that's something that you feel inclined to do, uh, go ahead over to the Patreon page and check it out. Uh, I'm going to be releasing episodes early on on the Patreon page, and there's some other perks also. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce Micah Graves. Micah is a, a really, really amazing uh, young composer here in Philadelphia. He's writing stuff in, in the R&B and jazz um, genre, and uh, I just can't say enough great things about Micah and his 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 spirit and his attitude and the music is making is uh it's really great and i think you'll enjoy it a lot so here we go Welcome. Hey, Paul. Thank you for having me on the on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of it, and I really appreciate the, the time. Oh, dude, thanks for coming on. I, I'm a big fan of your music, um, so I appreciate you uh, giving us some time to, to talk about it so we can hear some, some of your thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll tell us a little bit about that first song that we heard. Uh, this uh, That last song is a song that's got to be on the second album called uh, Your Place or Mine, um, and that's... That's got to be out April 5th, uh, April 15th. And that's got to be the first track of the album. I wrote that during quarantine and um, it's a, the lyrics are pretty silly. It's not, it's just like, um, as opposed to love or like falling in love, this is just really just about other stuff that comes with that. So your place or mine, <laughs> your place or mine, what's going on? So um, um, this, I just want to foreshadow that and say this, uh, the second album has got to be a little different from the first one. Yeah, and just so everyone knows, that was a, that was a little teaser of the tune, so we faded out partway through. So if you want to hear the f- whole thing, you know, pay attention when Micah, let's say, uh, releases that on April fifteenth. 
Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the band and who you had on on that recording? Yeah, so um, the bassist, oh, I got to talk about the bass player, Ronnie, Ronnie Barlas. And I know her from, she went to the Clef Club with Mr. Hines, and I know that's where you work. So and Ronnie is on bass, Julian Miltenberger's on drums, um, Yusei Ali is on sax, Danny Doherty, Danielle Doherty is on vocals, and Shafiq Hicks is on vocals as well. So it's a big band and a, a big sound that fills up the room with everybody. Yeah, great. Um, and I guess I was hoping you might like talk a little bit more about like your relationships with these people because I, I get the sense that you you all are very close and um, you're not you're not just like getting hired guns in here. So <laughs> I think I, I think at this point these um, these musicians probably know too much about me at this point. <laughs> we've uh, we mean, we've been uh, together for a while, and I forgot to mention uh, Zach Fisher on guitar. Um, I know. Well, I've known Ronnie probably since I was 14, Julian, the same, and Zach Fisher, a part of the uh, Clef Club and uh, the Kimmel Center under the tutelage of uh, Anthony Tidd. So uh, honestly, a lot of the Philly programs, such as Settlement, um, contributed to um, me just having relationships with a lot of these musicians. Cool. And, you know, when I first met you, I knew you as a piano player, and it's like so impressive to see, you know, all these songs you're writing and the lyrics that go with them too. Cause mm-hmm. I know lyric writing is like a whole nother skill. So uh, I was hoping you could chat a little bit about that and like how you, how you developed that, that skill and, and, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I might have to flabbergast you here, Paul. Um, I remember I had a gig with you at Chris's and you sent me uh, your EP over and it had this song gratitude on it. And it had vocals on it. And like, you know, I've listened to stuff of vocals, but I've never um, knew like my musician friends that wrote vocals or had like a really beautiful vocal line. So I can say from there, uh, the sound of a voice with a band, whether they're saying lyrics or they're just doing synonyms, um, that really added a lot to, uh, to my perception on music and what vocals really do to a, to a song and how they add stories to it. So a lot of that kind of strung from uh, when I first heard your your music. Oh man, come on! <laughs> well, that's my stuff right there. Yeah, I guess I guess hearing your music, I, I hear a little more of a Jacob Collier influence <laughs> oh, than, than me. Come on! Stuff goes over my head, but uh, man, I didn't really start writing lyrics until I, I went to Europe, um, uh, twenty nineteen, that that summer in August. You know, I, I just did instrumental stuff and. Um, I remember the first song I really wrote was on, on the f- first side of this album, um, You Stepped Out of Heaven, which is the fourth track of that Benama album. And honestly, I didn't really, as opposed to like um, writing like instrumental stuff, you just kind of write a format. But for this, like the words, I just remember being out with this person and uh, being in love and just losing myself and just writing the words. And then the music came later. So ever since then, I've tried to write the lyrics first and then try to write the music around it just from that experience. Cool. Yeah. So that was when you went to Amsterdam as part of like Temple's ex- like exchange program, right? Yeah. Part of, so students from there came over here and yeah, people, people from here went over there. Yeah. I remember seeing on social media, you were just so thrilled to be there and I can tell that it had a big uh, influence on you. Could you talk a little bit more about that experience? 
Yeah, I think I think for the first time, like in my college academia, this that environment felt like I could really just be a musician and really just practice with people, uh, play with different uh, musicians from different parts of the world. And um, I didn't have any gen eds. It was I took mostly composition and writing intensive courses. So I had a lot of time to really just figure out what what my brand, what my sound wanted to be in, in that space. Also, just that environment, being in an environment that, you know, supports the arts, sees musicians as a essential, like, people for the community. It, it felt nice feeling wanted and respected there. And, um, you know, I, I love America. We have great music, jazz is here, but it can sometimes feel like if it's not, like, pop or in the mass media, the music can get very overlooked and we, we lose a lot of good art because there's a lot of bad art overshadowing it. So just being over there just really sprinkled a lot of creativity. That's great. Um, so I want to listen to another one of your pieces here. Um, and you sent me two other tunes. One is spiraling and the other is butterflies. So what do you want to, what do you want to do next? Ah, uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's do butterflies. I wrote this October 28th, 28th. Um, I was, I was in Amsterdam. I was coming back home. I was on a bridge and this melody just came over to me while I was crossing the country. So, uh, this is a fairly old song, but, uh, it's gotta be on the second album. So let's, let's take a listen to it. Cool. So this this will be coming out April fifteenth also, right? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Is it too late to forget what we had? Is it too late to come back? Won't you stay? Can we try to?
dude. Really beautiful. <laughs> Incredible. What what people listening can't see is how much fun you're having. Just like you're like over here jamming. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Just having a great time, with, <laughs> yeah. which I I think everyone really hears just that how much fun you have with your music. Uh, I think uh, I think it's great. You're like here, like just like having a great time, like <laughs> sh- sharing like the the joy and love that's in your heart. I think is is beautiful. Um, man, it's just a like hearing it just takes me back to like recording it and like writing it for the first time. So it's it's a lot of joy with that. Also, I mean the drums and the bass is like. It's, I couldn't imagine listening to a song and just not moving at this point. It's sure. So I mean, it was too much fun not to feel really happy about it. What was that? Uh, what was that day like in the recording studio? Oh my goodness, Paul. Well, for most of us, that was like a first time really at a formal studio. I've done stuff in the past, but never under like my own own name. So that first day, we were just like, I think I had like three cups of coffee. Didn't sleep the <laughs> night before. Uh, we were, we were all like, you know, coffeeed out. It took, you know, the first day was, what what studio were you in? We were at Rittenhouse Soundworks down in Germantown. Really great people. But I mean, the first day we were just, it took like maybe six, six takes to get one song. The first time we tried to do it, it was like an easy, easier song, Hold Me, but Uh it took, it took a while to do it because we were too excited. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Well, something, you know, I see you're, you're getting like attention on NPR and stuff and your music is so beautiful that so many people are paying attention to it. And I don't know if everyone knows uh, where you are in school right now. <laughs> oh, man, man. I'm it's like, <laughs> you're out here working and busy and you got to you're like finishing up your degree at the same time. It's amazing. Man, uh, I sometimes forget I'm a student, man. <laughs> Until I have to go to class and do homework, but uh, I'm in my senior year at Temple Temple University right now. I probably have to take a few summer classes because it's been so so hard right now with COVID. So sure. I'm just taking a little easy with my course load. That's smart. So, uh, but uh, just finishing up. It's a. Uh, but uh, it must be, it must feel good to be. You're like at the end of that at the end of that road. Yeah, it, it feels. I feel like a totally different human being than I was in my freshman year at school. Which is this man? You, it feels like a. With college, we can really age like like dogs. Like it's dog years at this point. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> Paul, I wake up, it, my back hurts. I drink uh, I drink seltzer water, and I listen to NPR. <laughs> yeah, I can I complain about like the news, like conservatives. I'm like, what's wrong with me, Mike? <laughs> no, we we yeah. I think I think those are things we need to be complaining about. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure we, we mention, you know, this is, this album that's coming out April 15th is part of a series of albums. So you had one that came out Mednama <clears throat> and then you have, uh, two more that are be coming out later in the year. And I guess I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like, what's the glue that holds these four albums together? Yeah. It seems like they're part of like a, like a continuum or like a, a, a set of compositions. Um, yeah. Um, so first off, when I, when we went to record in um, August, none of this was like structured at all. So I just, I had 17 songs at the time and we just, we just recorded straight through. And, you know, after I got the mixes back, it, it, you know, I had to split up the songs to themes I couldn't have like a slow song going into like a tense fusion song. 
So I split up the albums according to themes. So Med Nama and Old Souls is very just like love, um, hip hop, uh, R&B oriented. And then this third and fourth album, World of Misfits and Crooked Tongues, that's got to feature more on um, identity, um, brokenness, renewal, and uh, seasons and, and adolescence where it's just, it's got to feature more jazz stuff and get it straight away from this notion of love of being with a person and love more of a figurative language where it's something we need to give out to other people in order to really feel, make it in this world. So uh, I, I split these the next third and fourth album to um, that category. And it sounds completely different from the first two. Interesting. Cool. I can't wait to hear them. Um, so if folks want to like be purchasing your music and be making sure they're like, know when your next gigs are, where, where should they be looking? Oh, that's a great question. Um, as of now, I just, I'm like two days away from finishing my uh, first website, which is going to be under Micah D Graves music. And there I'll have, um, all the, the link tree to how to purchase the first album and how to pre-order the second album and the also coming out with some merch with a, for the first album, the second album with a, just a few t-shirts and stickers. So nice. um, that's, they can catch me on there. And if you want to listen to the first album, I I'm an old school cat. I have actual physical CDs um, and also on Bandcamp. I put it out on Spotify and all of the platforms just for, because people use that a lot. But as you know, a lot of the platforms don't really take care of the artists. So I'd rather have people just, you know, buy the track or get a physical CD. That means a lot for me. Yeah, yeah. So they can hit you up on your social media platforms? Yep. Yeah. Micah Graves on Facebook. And what's your handle on Instagram? Oh, uh, Micah Graves Music. Cool. And I can put put links to your your website and your Bandcamp page in the show notes. Great, man. That sounds so wonderful. Cool. Well, we're starting to come to an end here, but I do have a double time section at the end of the podcast that I'd like to do that. There's I'm supposed to be like playful sort of questions. Um, so first first part of our double time section is what, what's your favorite venue to play? Favorite? Um, when, it was, uh, when it was open, I would say South, South Jazz Cafe. I loved playing. Um, I used to do some shows. We had a few shows there on Tuesday. And you know about that cornbread. <laughs> no. uh, they, have, they have great food in the piano. It's a Yamaha. I'm biased. Um, <laughs> it's a great atmosphere. So that's, I love playing there. Nice. How, how about a dream venue? Like you could play anywhere in the world. Where would it be? Woo! I would love to go back to Amsterdam and play all this music for the people I wrote it for down at the BIM house. Oh, cool. Very that, cool. Yeah, that's my goal. What's, what's the first CD you bought, Micah? First CD? Okay. Uh, my first CD I got was uh, Jeff Lorber, 2012, Now is the Time. It's got, I think, 11 tracks on there. Chinese Medicinal Herbs is the ninth track. It's in seven. It's a great, it's a great time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and if you could play with any musician, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, dead, dead or alive? Oh, man, that's a really great question. Uh, any musician... Ted Arleo. Ah, man, 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 that's a really hard question because there's so many great, <laughs> great people, but there's also people that are alive that I still really want to play with. I think uh, I have a good friend down um, in Amsterdam. We were supposed to do a residency in Slovenia. Uh, her name is Veronica. Uh, her music is absolutely 
amazing. So if I if I could ever play that music again, I think I, w- I would. Cool. Um, two more two more quick questions. One, um, who are some other folks in Philly uh, on the Philly music scene that you wish more people were checking out? Um, one thing you got to check out Mervin Toussaint's latest record. Um, I'm, I've played a few gigs with him, and every time he showed me his music, it just inspires me to write some more stuff because it's so hard and so beautiful. Um, Connor O'Neill, he's a guitarist from UArts, just finished. He's also a really amazing writer. Um, the last person that was on here, Erica Corbo, she does a Warp Factory and gets really amazing artists to support them. I just checked out some of her stuff today, and that was absolutely beautiful. I didn't know she did it. She's playing piano and doing spoken word. It was very, uh, felt like I was in her living room while listening to that. Cool. Well, that, that was my last question was asking about Erica's music because she was on the last episode. So I think we, we covered our bases with our double time section and we're going to play out the last tune, which you want to introduce the last tune for us? Oh, yeah. It's a spiraling. Yeah, this is, uh, I think this will be the second track of Old Souls. Uh, I wrote this this year. Um, <laughs> it's kind of stupid. I had a, I had a few gigs at the ice cream store, and there was this girl I always wanted to talk to, and I'm like, I can't do it. So I wrote the song. So uh, it, it's kind of about that.
All right, trying a little different format here by talking a little bit after after the the, the last piece we listened to instead of during the intro of the piece. Um, if you have any thoughts on that or any other formats or questions that I'm asking, uh, please uh, you know feel free to shoot me an email at foundsounds at gmail.com or a comment somewhere on a, a one of our social media pages. Uh, we, we spell it with a PH, so uh, it's easy to find. The podcast sounds great due to the mixing and mastering skills of Conor O'Neill. He's a great uh, Philadelphia area guitarist, uh, composer, and educator. Be sure to uh, look look up Micah online so that you can stay tuned with all of his performances and the rest of his releases for the rest of the year. I'll make sure to put a link uh, to some of his pages in the show notes so you can if uh, if you're looking for him, you can find him right there. Um, sounds good. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next month where uh, I'll be interviewing uh, Monette Sudler about a brand new release of hers.